keep tugging at our heels Watch us high step and be a highlight reel Of how high we get The ghost riders off the ramp How we live defies death Put a conscience in the genre box Stamp a certified fresh Bad boys beyond G-Deps You couldn't fathom what we plan to do next Turn the music on his head Power bomb suplex Welcome to the Free Range Basketball Podcast I'm Kyle McEwen You can find me on Twitter at RotoKyleNBA And I'm joined today by Foster Who you can find on Instagram at I am Autopilot. This is the Free Range Basketball Podcast, where I bring on guests that so we can find common ground in our love of basketball before having more conversations about politics and religion. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing, rating, reviewing, and sharing the podcast wherever you listen to or watch it. And if you'd like to be an official producer of the show, you can send in support through PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App at KyleMcEwen16. You can also subscribe on Patreon at Free Range Basketball. All right, Foster, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Everybody can find you on Instagram at I am autopilot. Is same there handle, any... same handle on Twitter? Oh, dope. And I yeah. don't know why I don't follow you there, there but, you uh, you would probably be annoyed by the number of retweets that I do, uh, <laughs> because that seems to be a, a common re- response from people. But, uh, Foster, is there anything that you would like to tell people before we start talking about the NBA politics and religion? Uh, man, I, I just truly appreciate how you started off the show saying, like, uh, we're going to start off on common ground. That's one of the things that I constantly teach to my students. Uh, I teach uh, creative writing and poetry. And uh, I always tell people, if you find a common ground, man, you can build a relationship off of anything. Uh, so shout out to you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, dude, there's way too much division in this world. Like, we all... We all like to, I don't know, you know, we all like to care a lot about the things that we think are going to make the world better. And sometimes that makes us look at other people who may have different ideas of what systems make the world better and demonize them. And that's kind of my hope with this podcast is just to have a wide range of conversations with a bunch of good people who have different ideas about what's going to make the world better. Ultimately pointing to the fact that like we're all, uh, most of us, most people are hoping for good outcomes for each other. Um, So anyways. You are a Detroit Pistons fan, and uh, full disclosure to everybody listening, Greg and I went to the same high school. He's a year mm-hmm. older than me and uh, hung out with my brother Shannon more than he did me growing up, but uh, Greg was also one of the, one of the, you know, some of Shannon's friends would be would be uh, a little bit mean to the younger, younger brother, and uh, Greg was one of the super positive dudes who just, as you're going to see through this podcast, I'm sure, uh, always has a uh, rosy outlook on things and always wants those people around him to have the good vibe that he has. So, um, Greg, why don't you tell us about your NBA fandom as a Pistons fan? How'd you come to root for them? Did you, is it because you grew up in Michigan or, or how'd you kind of come to become, become an NBA fan and a Pistons fan? Well, definitely, man. You know, uh, you kind of piggyback off of what your parents like, right? Until you, you, then you have that realization, like, oh, I'm trying not to be my parents. And then that's when you become your parents. So uh, uh, I think that's like <laughs> something that you will you will learn going forward in life, right? Uh, but yeah, uh, parents were uh, Pistons fans. Pops was a Pistons fan and a Bulls fan. I think when the Pistons went against the Bulls those multiple years, uh, that's when my dad was like the happiest, right? Uh, cause he grew up in Chicago as well as Detroit. Uh, so, you know, I had, uh, I had Chicago swag. I had the, the Pistons swag, but I mean, when the Pistons, you know, won with Chauncey Billups and, uh, Rasheed Wallace, Rip Hamilton, Tayshawn Prince and, uh, yeah, big, big Ben Wallace, man. That was a, that was a happy time for me, man. I like, I was also like, uh, living in Detroit, man. And just seeing this come to fruition and like, 
uh i also worked at greektown casino man and valeted cars and like i got to know all these guys and, and, and gentlemen and uh this is also at the same time you know when charles rogers was around too and charles rogers i actually used to party with him at grand valley because his best friends went to grand valley so it was shout out to detroit Grand. lions player for anybody yeah. who doesn't know man and you know it was just a, just a squad man and so I, you're I, saying I, when you were working at greektown casino in downtown detroit that uh some of the i mean it's the biggest casino down there so it makes sense that the players would drive in from wherever they're living back mm -hmm. then they were playing out in uh shoot where was uh, that auburn palace. hills yep. yeah the palace of auburn hills which is like 45 minutes outside of the downtown Detroit area. Uh -huh. So, which was always kind of frustrating growing up. Now we have little Caesars arena, downtown Detroit. So it's cool because it's, it's right there next to, or at least close to the, the, the football arena and the baseball stadium and whatnot. So yeah, but yeah. guys would roll into the casino. Oh yeah, man. Uh, NBA players, uh, NFL players, man. Like I got to meet uh, a lot of different players, man. Uh, I remember, uh, one of my favorite people that I got to meet was Clinton Portis back when he played for the Redskins. Yeah. Um, uh, I got to meet A-Rod, you know what I'm saying, when he was like playing for the, I believe, the Yanks. Wow. And uh, it was just crazy, man. Like, I would have to go through my phone list to like, I, I just don't have it on me right now. But uh, if I went through my phone list and think of like, all the celebrities I met, like I got to meet uh, George Jefferson, you know what I'm saying, Sherman Hemsley. Like, he was dope. Uh, remember the dad from um, There's Something About Mary? Like, get, get the, how did, how'd you get the beans, brother Frank, son? Oh, like that yeah, dude. yeah, yeah. You yeah. to him just walking, man. Like, and like being in downtown Detroit, man, like, you got to see a, a multitude of people, man. And, like, I loved, like, seeing um, that I felt like downtown Detroit was the melting pot, right? It was, it was a beautiful thing, man. In regards to the Pistons guys that you would run into there, mm -hmm. I mean, were they all pretty much just, Legit, you know, normal dudes for the most part. Oh man, yeah. Uh, I think uh, I think Rashid was the funniest. Uh, Chauncey <laughs> Billups, Chauncey Billups was the uh, was the nicest all the time. Uh, and then like uh, Chauncey has a brother, I believe his name is Rodney, and he and I uh, uh, used to play summer sports together way oh, back cool. in the day. And so like to run into him after years and years. Uh, apart man and like to just look at each other and still know know each other's faces is crazy and like i never put two and two together <laughs> you know what i'm saying so uh there's there's that man um uh, you know there was there's multiple there's multiple players man but like i'm here here i've been in grand rapids michigan for almost 15 years so like my memory is starting to fade a little bit but luckily i wrote some of those things down so if you ever ask me again i'll be prepared for uh said questions one uh one thing about Chauncey, uh, Shannon said, my brother Shannon, he said just that I know I know you knew what I was talking about, but for the clarity of the listeners, um, when my brother Shannon saw Chauncey outside one of the Pistons games afterwards, he was like at the gas station just buying a bunch of candy bars or whatever, and uh, he he remarked that you know Chauncey's listed as six three, but he looks bigger in person and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know, did he does. Did Chauncey look like a bigger dude back when he was playing than what maybe uh was advertised? Uh, Chauncey Billups, is, like I'm six foot. He might have had like an inch and a half on me, bro. I don't know where okay. he got the six three from. Like, All right. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, uh, the tallest player, Rashid, uh, Antonio McDice. Antonio McDice towered over me, fam. Like I'm six foot and big. Like you put me next to the football players, man. Like people are like, man, you could be in the league. I'm like, yeah, I could. But then, like you put me, <laughs> you put me next to like Rashid Wallace and Antonio McDice. 
And like, you're just like, man, like to be, to all of a sudden go from being like a, a, uh, a semi tall gentleman to being like the shortest person in the squad. Like that's not a, it doesn't build the confidence. I understand Napoleon, man. Like I would, I'll take somebody's kneecaps out in a heartbeat, bro. Did you, uh, (laughs) did you grow up playing, uh, playing basketball, like in the park Uh, and that kind of stuff? Oh, definitely, man. Like playground ball. Uh, I did play some organized ball, man, but like I had a, I had a love for, uh, Football, because my mom wouldn't let me play until the until my ninth grade, and uh, like I was really huge into baseball, man. There's there was a lot of us, man. Uh, like baseball in West Michigan used to be super super huge, man. Like mm-hmm. I remember us uh, putting together busloads and going to like be on travel teams, and then like ninth tenth grade, I was like done with baseball, but and football had taken over everything. Football and swimming, man. Those were. Those are my go-tos, and then later on it became football, swimming, and tennis. Wow. Jeez, yeah. you've played, like, all the sports. I mean, yeah, I, I, I went out and tried to play tennis, but <laughs> that's, like, that's nuts, dude. <laughs> it looks like, oh, no, you're not running far. It's not going to be hard. No. You are no. back and forth constantly, bro. Like, you are constantly moving. Like, you're constantly preparing. That's what tennis is. Tennis is preparing for the next person to, like, possibly take your eyeball out. That's what that's what tennis it's, is. If you ever if you if you've ever caught yourself uh, disrespecting the the athleticism of tennis people, go play once. <laughs> oh yeah, go play. I dare I dare you to go play for uh, a whole week every day. <laughs> no, you wouldn't be able to. You'd be out for the rest of the week after playing on day one. From especially, I mean, if you're out of shape, dude, like me. Um, so I, I forgot to mention at the start of the podcast, anybody who likes our music, which I'm sure is everybody who's listened, that's Foster rapping in the music so uh gray theory uh um why can't i think of the name of this um the dang song i use right now <laughs> it doesn't matter man it's dope to uh, hear. movers and shakers movers, movers and shakers, and shakers. That's what's no but like you let me use your your music uh back in the day for one of my old podcasts and i always appreciated that because when i stopped using it people kept hitting me up they're like why are you using this this whack ass music now and uh why don't why you know what happened to movers and shakers because that was like the most popular song so then when i was starting this podcast i was like please please greg let me use your music oh, for sure, man. For sure, man. <laughs> and so then, like, it's even dope like because like like this is a person that knows me like kyle actually knows me like i i rarely hear my government name right uh unless I'm around <laughs> unless i'm around my my family or somebody that clearly does not know me right They're like, oh hello gregory foster huh <laughs> and i'm just like nah man like you can you call me foster you call me g foster man like here you saw my glasses call me autopilot there you go I'm like is there a Mr. Autopilot here? And I'm like, yes, I'm right here. <laughs> awesome. And uh, what kind of what kind of stuff are you doing to, these days? Um, you're part of the Diatribe, right, out there yep. in GR? Uh, I am a co-founder of the Diatribe, which is our uh, it's uh, my nonprofit, right? So it's myself, uh, Rachel Gleason, uh, Marcel Fabel Price, current uh, poet laureate of uh, the city of Grand Rapids. He's about to pass that torch on. Uh, the three of us actually started this nonprofit in 2017. So we go to schools, we teach kids uh, creative writing and poetry. Uh, now, because of uh, COVID, we are definitely switching to an online base. Uh, but we do uh, programs for you know students and teachers, and uh, we try to empower everybody to use their voice and like learn how to stand up uh, for themselves and empower them by using the arts, man. And uh, creative writing has definitely helped me uh, still be here in this world. Uh, and now I am a father. I mean, I can't wait until my daughter, uh, completely articulates everything that's, that's going on in her life 
and 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 knows how to stand up for herself and uh and can speak eloquently uh while doing it so like when she throws that alternative shade i can't wait for her to just come off like uh malcolm x and then just just straight up decapitate people mentally <laughs> so like definitely all about about definitely all about it man. well she looks like she's growing with some really strong power over the last couple months so that's man. uh that's dope to see yeah, man. and thank you for sharing that stuff on your uh, on your instagram man it's Appreciate uh it's you, it, it uh grows people's hearts you know uh one of the things that we always teach uh with the you know the diatribe is that the more you tell your story the more you'll find out that other people can relate and uh so like that common ground that how you started the show off man that's that's that hope everybody sees this it is a real thing common ground and just sharing your your story your experiences share it but make sure that you listen to other people's too yeah yeah no i mean there's nothing I th a big part of me wanting to do this or, or leading toward this podcast was me uh use you know using to demonize people on a different side of or a different perspective and then when i finally started asking more questions to those people who i thought i disagreed with you get to a point where you're like oh oh you're hoping for good stuff for other people mm. oh okay then we're fine like yeah. let's hug and go get another drink yeah and you know whatever <laughs> so no nah, dude we're on the same page and that's great to hear especially you know i mean it's just good to see that you still got your same great energy hey, that man. you've always had so that's I good hope, man. i hear this uh being positive man let you uh stay alive for a long time i'm trying to trying to do that man i'm trying to break my grandfather's record man. well the gratitude thing is big it comes back to you you know you you, you show people thanks and they they want to you know continue to uh express that back to you and all that kind of jazz um all right. Is there anything else uh, NBA wise that you would like to talk about? There are some breaking news items in regards to like Daryl Morey signing with the Sixers as their president. They're going to still keep Elton Brand staying on as GM. There's the Steven Silas getting named the Rockets head coach after they had wow. or Mike D'Antoni had walked away. Steven Silas, who was a uh, one of the assistant coaches in Dallas last year, helped them create one of the, like the best offense in the NBA in NBA history. Of course, that's also in kind working with Luka Doncic being there, but now Steven Silas moves from being like the orchestrator of Luka Doncic's offensive system with the Mavericks to working with James Harden, who often gets compared to Luka Doncic. So that'll be an interesting situation. Final thing we could talk about is the fact that we had heard that the NBA is planning to come back on December 22nd, but the Players Association pushed back Michelle Roberts, who is the, the head of the Players Association. She said that's going to be too quick of a turnaround. A lot of the players aren't, aren't happy with coming back that quick. And that Martin Luther King Day in the middle of January would be a better starting date. Um, is there any of these topics that you feel like you'd want to discuss right now? Uh, man, let's, uh, let's start with the latter man coming back on Martin Luther King day. I think, uh, first of all, I'm not coming back on a holiday. I don't care if it's paid or not, especially <laughs> afterward when it's uh, Martin Luther King day. And that's just me being funny as well as being a smart ass. Uh, what I'm going to say is that like, uh, I would definitely push for the later season. I think that COVID COVID has, uh, upended, um, the, the infrastructure of the United States and has definitely exposed our weaknesses. And I think that we do need time to recover. Uh, I will I personally uh, recommend them doing doing the the season so fast, like in December. Like, I get it, man. Like, they're trying to get that money, you know. Uh, 
you can like I think I can't even I don't even know if the NBA is publicly traded, but I mean like a lot of the sponsors are so to, like to get that last minute revenue. I think that was the only ploy that they had. So yeah, definitely resting and making sure that players are healthy, man. Like, um, you you never want to push uh, excellence too much. Uh, and like these are the top players in the world, and I think that everybody needs time, and I think that. Uh, the NBA, as well as a lot of the the rest of the United States, needs to um, prepare to be better than what we once were. And so, yeah, definitely take some time. Well, and even if you kind of make a good point, like if if certain teams, because like there was those eight teams that didn't play in the bubble. So yeah. those guys, you know, Trey Young might be sitting there going like, no, no, we'll, let's play as soon as possible. Whereas a guy like LeBron or Jimmy Butler who played into – yeah. the you know into the uh the finals they're probably sitting there going like no push it back a little bit you know i need a little bit more time with my family i do think there's an argument to say like the fact that the season was delayed they had that kind of pseudo off season um where everything was just kind of in flux you could say like well you already had your off season you just had to you know it came in the middle of the season i don't know there's there's definitely arguments for and against all this there's and there's a part of me that thinks that this might just be the players association using the starting date as a negotiating uh, point in there. Like, because with all the money that's been lost by fewer games with the fact that there's going to be 10 fewer games in the coming season, most likely there's reasons to think that the NBA players association in arguing how much money they're going to be, uh, losing or how much the league's losing that they're just making kind of a a uh what is that called an argument yeah well a uh uh it's when you're <laughs> trying to uh get more for what for what you want uh negotiation oh, yeah. a negotiation okay. tactic and i probably already said that word and then forgot it <laughs> uh, but anyways I, I mean do you see that as a possibility too oh definitely man uh but yeah man like what would be best for all parties? I think uh, if we come to that that common ground, I mean, like, yo, they can be compromises on both sides, man. But if they come to a, a healthy compromise on both parts, yo, I'm all for it, man. But like me personally, what what I would strive for, even being that that high of an athlete, like I, you know, if you don't use it, you lose it. But I mean, like, yo, you can always practice. You can put the practice in effect prior to those games being being prepared or being played. And I think that would definitely like work for a lot of people. I mean, I think I'll be happy regardless of when they start, you know, if it's December 22nd or January 15th, essentially. Um, but, and I do, there's a big part of me that says like, this is all negotiation and mm -hmm. any, anybody complaining about that start date, it may be legitimate. They may be looking at it and going like, hold on, we got two months, less than two months. And you're going to start the season. Like that means that, we're not gonna, I mean, we're gonna have to force everything. And if I'm resign and if I'm signing with another team, how am I gonna work, you know, moving my family within that small time frame and all that kind of jazz, uh -huh. which is understandable. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the gripes are legitimate in regards to rushing it, but it's also the, the fact that, you know, you got to make your money. And after yeah. losing so much money by not having fans, and you're probably not gonna have fans this year, at least for the start of the season. There's enough reasons to kind of look at the situation and say that the uh, the end of the negotiations is probably going to be 
they're going to do whatever's best for the league, which is probably starting on the December 22nd. And players are going to make sure that they just get a little bit more of a piece of the money than what they were maybe expecting prior to this announcement. Yeah. That's my take. Yeah, definitely, man. And I, I think you, uh, you hit the nail on the button, but, uh, to, to take it even a little bit further than what you're saying, what about all those people that were prospectively about to come into the NBA? Well, that's, I mean, it, the, the more you rush back into yeah. the next season, those rookies, I think, are going to have less of an opportunity to define themselves for their coaches and things like that. Because if we come back on December 22nd, you're probably not having preseason games and you're probably not having much of a training camp or at least one, not one where the coaches are feeling like, oh, I've got time to waste on trying to see what my guys are, you know, my new guys are going to be like, it's going to be a situation where a lot of the coaches are just saying like, nah, I'm running with the guys I had last year. If one of these young cats want to try and uh, break, you know, break there, through, they're going to the have D to league. really show it. Yeah. There's yeah. the D league. That's yep. what they're going to say. Yeah. But I mean, like, man, like uh, the more, the, the older I get, man, the more profound, I think that that movie with, uh, with Jonah Hill and, uh, and Brad Pitt, but Moneyball. I find right. I, I really, really see it. And like with this type of incident as well, you know, like COVID and like with these prospective uh, players, I mean, like everybody's playing money ball. So now they have the opportunity to fill the D league for all those people that really want to see these sports. You got all these other categories of um, professional sports where it's like, oh man, like they're, they're allowing people to come in here. You can see that, but at the at the same point, they they might have the the opportunity or not the, the opportunity the the misfortune of losing fans to other avenues of sports. Yeah, well, I mean, I think people just if you're not giving them what they expect, or you know, we get into different stuff. We find yeah. things to occupy our times. So we find immediate you know, gratification. Right, right. When the NBA went away, I, I mean, I think one reason for the the ratings being down is just that. Well, it was the summer when the game came back and people were busy doing other stuff. I couldn't watch every night because I was at a different job during the playoffs. So it is what it is. Yeah. Um, is there anything else from the NBA that you would like to talk about or would you like to move into some pol politics? Oh, uh, man, we will definitely move into the politics. But uh, I will say that I did love uh, I think it was the was it the Minnesota Timberwolves, how they responded and just didn't play in those games i thought that was pretty dope man to like to use your voice as a as a as a unit uh as uh being like you know the highest paid athlete oh when the uh when the bucks uh yeah uh yeah when you, yeah and the fact that they had the 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 two-time mvp on their squad to be like yeah. yeah no i you know like i'm in you know yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. when they uh boycotted or was striked even if it was just for one night it, it definitely yeah. It, it created the conversation that everybody Res wanted to have resonated with me, man. I, I love Good. it, man. Yeah. No, I'm look, dude, I, I love for everybody to be outspoken. So like, I don't really like, I don't care. I know there's people that want to have conversations about the, uh, the political messaging and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I don't care if, if yeah. there's something I don't want to hear. I've, I'm a grown up. I've got a filter <laughs> built anyways. <laughs> I can ignore anything I want to ignore, man. Um, I, learned also, that. I learned that in high school. Well, you're lots quicker than a lot of people. <laughs> All right. Um, we're going to move into politics. And the main question I'm going to ask you is just like, it's it's overarching. It's the same thing that I'll do for, for the religious question. Essentially, you can take it anywhere you want. But what's your political journey been like, Foster, through your life? 
Uh, did you grow up with certain values and have they changed over time? Uh, yeah, most definitely, man. Uh, like I said, man, the more you try not to be your parents, I think the more you become them. But I mean, like you do hold fast uh, on certain attributes, right? Uh, like definitely one of the things that I've had to uh, coming to my own with with my with my parents on on certain journeys uh, was uh, was boundaries. You know what I'm saying? Like your parents like used to push your shit, man. And like, and I feel like in politics today they try to push your shit too, man. It's like, no, nah, man. Like I agree with you up to a certain point, and then I can't fuck with you, man. Like you were mm -hmm. taking it beyond beyond too far man like i literally when donald trump started running for office i thought this was like a fucking hidden camera show or on some some him and vince mcmahon doing some wwf type good versus bad type evil shit and like it was wild to me no and yeah so, i mean when when trump originally got yeah. into the 2016 primary i think everybody was looking around and being like he's one of 15 people in this primary he's just He's just trying to grab any kind of advertising that he can get for his brand. And that's, and he got a lot of it, like 2 billion in free advertising from, you know, CNN and all these places because he got them ratings and yeah. he went on there and said a bunch of crazy stuff and nobody took him seriously yeah. for a really long time. Mm -hmm. There are good people on both sides of that. Uh, apparently. <laughs> that's, oh man. <laughs> apparently, apparently there's good people on both sides, right? That's yeah, yeah. Um, um. <laughs> but definitely, I'm not. I'm not just gonna. I'm, just, I'm not gonna lean into to this dude, man. Like, uh, I feel uh, politically, man. I I feel I feel a multitude of ways, man. Like I'm constantly being stretched, man. It's like it's like an octopus being in a trap, but like being trapped by multiple people, man. Like I got all these different feelers out, and like. There's so much disinformation in the world, and I think that's the biggest problem with like uh, politics uh, to this day, right? I feel like um, everything that I learned in school towards propaganda is just being regurgitated. I feel like it's just, it's it's repeated, and uh, I feel like it has come to a head. Uh, and I'm so tired of this two party system where everybody is telling you that. Oh, well, no, you have to vote this way. Otherwise, you know, this this is all that is at stake. And then again, like all these things are at stake and everybody's talking about the Supreme Court. And then they did it anyway. They did it anyway. So you still go vote for like the lesser of two evils when when like we could I, like, I don't know. You keep talking about the lesser of two evils. I'm waiting for the greater of two goods. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like. You keep telling these people that there's only a two-party system when you literally have a, a right to exercise your vote, and you could flip the script, man. You already know what's going to happen, right? Just flip the script. Do the unthinkable. And if everybody decides to do the unthinkable, what a world this could be. Is that is that a uh, tepid argument for third party? I hope so. <laughs> uh, I could be wrong. I, I think. I mean. I, I think. I think all of us here are doing it like every day, guessing it, right? But I, I mean, yeah, well, you know, I agree. Well, the biggest problem with today is that we don't know what to believe, and then people who ardently support one candidate or the other will just believe too often everything they say, even though so much of what they say is personalized propaganda for their followers or for yeah. you know people who they know that they can signal to like signal I've, to manipulate yeah right right and that that goes for both sides for my opinion and yeah. um 
and I don't like any of them. They're all gangsters in suits, and it's it's just frustrating because you would like to find, especially in the in the the internet age where we have all this technology, some way that we can like like I want to have a good moderator really call out both sides for all their BS. Mm -hmm. I and then I want. Like I want true accountability and it just doesn't seem like, like the only accountability we see is like corruption and manipulation to like, it frustrates me that we supposedly America supposedly, and I say supposedly because I didn't crunch the numbers. America supposedly has more total people in prison than China, stuff like that, where you're just like, okay, then where did that start? Oh, a long time ago, but it was exacerbated by the crime bill. And it's like, you know joe's associated with that and Uh like and that's things like the crime bill make me hate anybody and everybody from the establishment or anybody and everybody who's been in politics since the 90s because i don't trust them not to just throw a bunch of people in prison and forget about them you know based off of bs laws that essentially spell corruption up and down the system how do we i mean how does that even happen how do we get people elected who will go out and just put so many people in our society in prison knowing how much that's going to ruin families and ruin people's abilities to make money and and have the american dream and all that kind of stuff yeah dude there's i I feel like a lot of us are are still stuck in bad relationships looking for a good one you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. oh man uh, he left the door open downstairs and that's where i got this black eye that's that's this. We are in some some pitiful relationships with these with these politicians, man. And uh, we keep thinking they're going to change, man. And we keep learning that they have not, man. And uh, I feel I feel like that's definitely what happened with uh, Hillary Clinton. I thought I think that they thought that if they gave the American people Hillary Clinton, that like, oh man, there's no way that she'll lose to Donald Trump. And it's like, yo. This wasn't the choice that everybody told you that they wanted. And I feel like we, we keep running into that problem. And until we find a solution to said problem, we are going to keep running into the same problems. They, they thought that people were going to accept Hillary Clinton like no a bag of uh, airline peanuts, but <laughs> they gave us a bag of airline pretzels. Um, <laughs> That's just me saying, like, I would rather have the peanuts than the pretzels. And when I get the pretzels, I usually don't eat them, but I still take them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that was a good analogy, but thanks I'll for letting me it. say it. I'll take it, man. Yeah. I told you I wanted peanuts. You gave me pretzels again. Well, you just, I like, why would you ever offer people pretzels on a plane? Like, I don't know. Are they saltier than the peanuts? I don't know. I don't They're know. just not as good. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Honey roasted? Oh, you know what? But that's probably because of all the peanut allergies. Um, that's probably why they switched over. <laughs> I mean, if I'm just being realistic about it, um, is there, uh, okay. So politically though, like, I don't know. Um, you say like, you kind of reflect and you're like, you know, the more you rail against your, your, your parents, you kind of become them. Yeah. Um, is there anything, oh man. See, it's a little bit more tough for me to ask questions because in some respects, I'm sitting here going like, oh, I know, Greg, I kind of I'm guessing I know what he thinks, but I don't really know what you think. Definitely. Um, uh, But is there anything from. um... All right, I'll just ask this. 
living in Michigan all year, you've had to spend a lot of time in hospitals, um, for family things. And, um, is there anything from the experience living in Michigan this year that you've reflected on a lot in regards to how the politics have affected some of the policies or, um, or do you think a lot of that, like arguing over politics and policy in regards to COVID stuff or the way things have gone in regards to, uh, employment and lockdown, all that. Is there anything that, or do you just think it's all noise? Like- uh, what, I, what I definitely think has happened, and, and just to, to restate what I said earlier, is that uh, we've exposed how young our country is, man, and our responses to things. Like, do, I'm like, I'm wondering, like, what the fuck were people saying during the plague? If, if this is your response to COVID, right? Like what were people saying? Man, I don't believe that, man. Like it came from rats. It came from the light. It came from the the, the the lice of rats. That's what it came from. Like little ticks on rats. Like like that that aside, man. I feel like uh, this has definitely exposed a lot of weaknesses that we have as as individual states, uh, as a country as a whole. Uh, for the first time in my life, uh, people from the United States were not allowed to go to a bunch of other countries. Um, I feel like looking at healthcare and like the amount of money that Jeff Bezos made in 24 days, this dude made $28 billion in 24 days. That's, that's absurd to me. Uh, you know, like you have to be alive for 31 years before you reach a billion seconds on earth. And then this (laughs) dude made $28 billion in 24 days. Uh, so and then like I don't, and I know I'm like pulling, uh, I'm coming from all different angles. This is just how the way my mind works. It's all um, good, man. It's you know there there's that man. There's uh me being a new dad, man, and like uh, I'm really I really love my family, and because of COVID and the the policies that that were in place, like I have a I have a ten year old stepdaughter that couldn't see her baby sister. She just saw her baby sister for the first time yesterday. Baby's That's been wild. alive for 90 days. Uh, my mom, you know, and, and Amy, Amy, uh, Amy still has her, you know, her, her father, her mother, and her grandmother still alive. And neither one of, you know, they just got to see the baby yesterday. Um, you know, um, you know, to not be able to have, you know, your, your mother who brought you into this world who's, done either whether it was a horrible job or a great job she's still here uh for her not to be able to hold your child for 90 days and you live in the same state you you've been in the same city multiple times uh that shit really hurt man like it's it's Mm -hmm. a bittersweet feeling like like to be a brand new dad but to not have my 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 uh support uh it was it was difficult man but uh my girlfriend and i got to lean more on each other uh but i mean like you know, she and I were going through through times where we weren't able to um, communicate that to each other. But I mean, like we're still we're still good. But I mean, like it's just it's a learning process that I felt like could have been handled a little bit better. Um. So it's, so essentially, I mean, it's it's essentially what I'm hearing. And correct me if I'm wrong. Is mm-hmm. like you respect all of the precautions that were taken but in some respects it's bittersweet 
Right. I mean, there. see, from my opinion, I think they should be able to find a system to say, like, we can definitely create a safe environment for people to visit and mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, for grandparents to be able to hold their grandchild and stuff like that. Even if that's to say, like, you know, if you're going to come do this in the hospital situation, like you need to prove that you've gotten tested for whatever, you know, but like you have to create a system to keep humanity like being human and to keep us because we're social creatures. We, mm-hmm. man, we need to be close to each other. We need, mm-hmm. we need those things. There's, there's people out there who like say that uh, we can provide like calmness to each other by looking each other in the eyes and stuff like that. And like, how often do you actually look other people in the eyes when you're talking to them, especially a intently? Now. A lot well, now, a lot more good, now. That's a good point. Um, yeah. But, but then I mean, it's like, also awkward because you're just trying to be like, do I know this person? Am I staring too hard at them? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, then like, uh, you know, I, like I have high cheekbones, so you can tell like when I'm smiling underneath them, my mask or not. There, there's some people where you can't, man. Like, and now, bro, like you would not have told me 20 years ago when I was like a 18 year old young black dude that I'm going to walk into a fucking store with a mask on. Right. And, you know what I'm saying? In the daytime or at night. And then you're going to be OK with it. Like not the way this country has treated people of color. Well, and I, well, I always wear those, uh, like, uh, train robin things, you know, oh, like, yeah. um, like, ski the, like, yeah, or like, a oh, whatever. ski goggles. That's what you're talking about. No, 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 not a ski <laughs> goggles, but like the, the, the little kerchief t- thing, like a kerchief. Oh, I, yeah. like, I do that. And it's like, I mean, I look like I'm going to go rob a train. Yeah. Every single time <laughs> I go in to a store and I'm like pulling it up, I'm like, I'm about to, about to go get my, oh, <laughs> Like I feel, you know, you kind of, I think myself through that thing. Like every single time I'm walking, I'm like, this feels so weird. <laughs> yeah, man. Because <laughs> like, because yeah, like you said, I mean, walking into a store with a mask on, like in the back in the day, if you had your hoodie up or and your mask on, like there's a troublemaker, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah. um, is there anything from politics in uh, breaking news or recent news that? Uh, stands out as something you'd want to talk about whether that and i'll just run through these really quick uh trump stuff biden stuff project veritas videos or veritas videos from this week uh the philadelphia police shooting and the some of the riots that happened um justin turner i would love for you to inform me a little bit about these but uh before we do that though man like uh can we can we talk about like you know they they approved uh, the young lady to do to be a part of the Supreme Court faster than they did your stimulus. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Your second round of stimulus, bro. The rich and poor gap in America is so exposed and highlighted. It's like I don't, I don't have time to hate somebody for a different color when I can see the people that are directly affecting and hurting me, right? And like the money has to come out of politics. I feel like profit has to come out of healthcare. Cause like, I mean, like you do that, man, like preventative healthcare would go up, man. Could you imagine a bunch of in, like we had a country of a bunch of in shape motherfuckers just doing shit, the things that we could accomplish. If that was mentally, uh, spiritually, uh, financially. And like, there's a reason that they don't teach this shit when we were coming up in school. Like I could have done, I could have, I could have benefited way more from uh, a lesson in taxes and how city government works at the age of 15 than, than, uh, learning this uh bleached history that i that i was taught 
I completely agree. Um, <laughs> it's but it's like there's a several different systems operating to keep people down, to keep people poor, to uh, limit their exposure to, you know, in and in some respects, it's just the advertising and and it's also because what's cheap. But I also don't believe that like fruits and vegetables need to be as expensive as they are uh, at all. Good fruits and vegetables too. Not like, you know, you go to some stores and they look a lot different than the stuff at other stores where you're going and buying stuff from the local, you know, like if you go to the farmer's market, you can find the best stuff in the world because it's local farmers bringing in all this stuff that just came off the farm. Whereas you go to a big box store, even if you go to the produce section, you're going to find that like stuff's been sitting there longer than it should be. And you got to be really discerning. And like a lot of people, myself, just speaking for myself, I get intimidated looking at different food items that I don't really understand well enough to like avocados are great for you. But a lot of people probably look at avocados and are like, I don't know what, what's a good avocado or not. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I wish that like, like you ever heard that thing where it says uh, charity starts in La Casa, right? I feel like that means you're home. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not bilingual. Yeah, charity starts. <laughs> charity starts in your home, man. Like, and I feel like we've gotten so far. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love how social media is connected everybody, but I feel like we've gotten so far from uh, the home base, uh, and that's why politics and all the shit like has gotten so out of hand that it has is because we don't know how the shit works anymore, uh, and we we have to go back to basics, man, and like. And in doing that, man, like we we have to start uh, with with your home. So your home is your body, and your body, and like to be able to learn these things, it, it, it's a necessity, man. Like it's it has to get us in touch with ourselves as, before we can get in touch. Like get us get us in touch with ourselves, and then our families, and then then our neighbors. And then our community, and then like it has to spread like that, you know. Like when you when you throw a pebble in in like the water, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't just it's not you know a volcano erupting, right? It has to it has to start one side, and then then it expands, man. And like I feel like somehow it's been the reverse, man. I I you know I I was fortunate enough to have like two summers off where I just I paid my rent, I lived frugally, I walked the dog a lot, and I. I researched a bunch of stuff. I started fasting. I started eating really good foods and like doing all these things where now I do feel like I know a lot. I've researched a lot. I know if I want to understand how to be healthier in certain regards, I know that it's important for me to be my own doctor in some respects or to uh -huh. do my own research, to ask my own questions, to, um, you know, the whole knowing is half the battle thing. Uh -huh. But the other half of the battle is, and I think we've seen this this year in particular, is how much our societal um, edicts can influence what our choices are in life. And, and there's just, there's really bad systems that keep people working way too much, keep yep. them away from their families, keep them in stress and, and bad health. Mm -hmm. And, and people don't even have the mental tools that, I think we need to deal with that stressful environment and the end game really should be to get yourself out of those stressful environments. But it's, it's, 
it's it's hard. We've got this like cycle of of uh you know de- not depression, but there's these cycles that when you grow up in a certain uh group or society, you're going to be a reflection of that society too. So like if there's just not a lot of um wealth in a given neighborhood or whatever, it's going to be hard for you to climb out of that. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that the opportunity isn't there, but it's really hard. And it's also because people get shamed for like being successful and for rising out from where their friends are or and stuff yeah. like that. But you also don't like, I don't ever want to, I don't ever want to turn my, like, even if I reached a level of success, I don't ever want to look back and be like, Oh, I'm better than all these people I grew up with. You know, it's like, yeah. no, no paycheck to paycheck. Life creates a certain mentality and it's, 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 it's hard to escape that. It's hard to escape the systems you grow up in is True. essentially what I'm trying to say. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, man. But I mean, like also, man, like you got to look at it, man. Like I luckily, uh, I've, I've had grandfathers, grandmothers, um, my, my, I had both parents in the household, uh, Everything was hunkadory, man. I kind of felt like we were like the Huxtables, and then and then my father got sick, and uh, then I became the breadwinner. And like I'm just trying to help my mom out with bills, you know, working it hot now, doing a paper route. But then like you know, I kind of I kind of regressed myself. You know what I'm saying? Like like here I am supposed to be enjoying like the best years of my life, and I'm going to work multiple jobs and doing all this shit just to make sure that my mom was sane and my sister had food and 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 all these things meanwhile also like taking care of my father and i watched him deteriorate for over 20 fucking years you know what i'm saying and, like they treated him like a guinea pig and like he you know even misdiagnosed for uh for a stroke with cerebral palsy and like i i watched all these things firsthand meanwhile like what i was going through wasn't what some of my uh people in my in my environment were going through you know like uh, I there's certain there's a lot of things that my parents didn't get the opportunity to teach me because they were dealing with life and shit that's right. keeping them down. Right, and that's like it's it's growing up. I think is acknowledging like some of the things that you may like. I know personally that I may have held against my parents like as a younger person, and they can hear me right now. So yeah. um, I want them to understand like I do not think that way. And any, I I have no judgment. You know what I mean? Like as I've gotten older, I got no judgment for anybody for the most part, you know, unless you're a horrible person to somebody else, Uh then I'm going to look on you and be like, you need to go away, find your (laughs) inner peace and then come back with a new vibe. Okay. I realized my parents were winging it just like I am doing right now. There you go. Or, you know, like my mom and, you know, my dad work in midnight shift for how many years at a yeah, job? He's still, he's still admired, hate. right? Is he well, still no, admired? he he retired. Okay. And like, I mean, I've shared this with him recently, but like his it's fun when you see like you have a certain expectation of somebody so close to you, you know, your parent or whatever. And then they get put in a different situation and you see them shine or blossom. Like when my when my parents first got their first grandkid. I saw my dad's personality come out in a, a vibrant way that I'd never seen before laughing, making jokes, faces at the kid doing all this crazy stuff. I'm like silent John, who the hell is this? You know, yeah. this is- but, but one of the things that I learned uh, just recently, uh, you know, with my, my grandfather passing and then like hearing his kids talk is like, they love, you know, the, my mom, when she got up at the funeral, she said that 
my grandfather was a difficult man. And but one thing that her mother always said is like, no matter what, that's your father, right? And like to hear all these different different aspects of life and I realized that what what the the benefit of being a grand a grandparent, right, is you get to do all the things that you should have done as a parent or possibly thought you should have done, right? You get to be the parent that you weren't to your kids, but that you can be to your grandkids. And I think Mm -hmm. that is a wonderful uh, thought process, man. And like, I always want to talk to like older people. I always want to be around them. I always want to learn something, man. Uh, Except for older dogs, man. I don't care about them. Like that shit is kind of weird, man. Older dogs, man, they just start pissing and shitting everywhere. It's weird. It's weird. Uh, I got another dog. He's like 13. He's been farting a lot since I brought him home to my parents' place, you know, like a month ago. And uh, I think he's, I think he's, uh, he's eroding his welcome with with bad, bad gas. I had to change his diet when I moved from Wisconsin to back to Michigan because there's just I don't I don't got access to the same food I had out there. Yeah. Um. Uh. Uh, did you see anything about that Justin Turner testing positive in the middle of Tuesday night's uh, World Series game? No. Okay, so just I'll just tell you about it really quick. Justin Turner, one of the players uh, from the Los Angeles Dodgers who won the World Series game, he tested positive during the game, and they announced it during the game, and then they told him he needed to quarantine away from his teammates, and he's like, we just won the World Series. You're telling me I can't go out on the field and celebrate? Like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and, like, he was kissing his wife and stuff like that. I get the idea of... I, I mean, I, I can understand arguments against whatever. I can understand that, but in the same respect, like, at least acknowledge how unique of a situation that is. Was he symptomatic? Because we know that that's not, you know, just because people test positive doesn't mean that they're like actual, you know, there's false positives. We know that. Um, Anyways, I guess, do you have an opinion on it? Because I was kind of like, this is much ado about nothing. And, and like, why are we focusing on this when the Dodgers just won the World Series? Like, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to be sick. Anyways. Man, um, I think this entire thing right how people are talking about but what about me and my freedoms and all that man like you can you can tell somebody that doesn't have like empathy for other people that are around them right because like if you were to tell me like wait there's a possibility that i could kill my my grandfather or my mom or my new baby girl because i'm like out trying to do you know something that's not necessarily necessary i'm not gonna risk it man but that's just me right i i understand his unique case and everything and did he have a mask on while he was partying with these people probably not well right no he didn't um (laughs) no my whole point though is like when you really get into the nitty-gritty of like that situation the dude had already been around all his teammates this whole like it was game six yeah and like he was around them all day, anyways. Yeah, and, everybody's already sick. Right. Either either he already gave it to them, or whatever. And I'm not saying he should have like, you know, went out. Like for one thing, him kissing his wife. I'm dude. Like, married people kiss when they're sick a lot. Like you know, people like it's just you don't, for you know, you don't start treating your lover 
like a leper. Like it just, you know, most of us just don't. So that's between them (laughs) and things like that. You know, it's where it's like, I just, I I guess I get frustrated with getting too up in arms about nuanced situations where it's like, you can make your point, but still be understanding. Yeah. Anyways. Hey, bro. Also, also everybody on that squad probably got millions of dollars, bro. And they're in a situation that I'm not in, man. I feel like, you know, when people say money talks, I feel like money is talking in that, in that situation for real, man. Like I can't talk on that million dollar level. Uh, I can't talk on no Jeff Bezos level either, man. Cause like, cause there's no telling, like if I had that amount of money that I wouldn't be doing wild ass shit. And like, well, yeah. And I mean, it's those, it's also, they're professional athletes. Like how many professional athletes have legitimately gotten like injured by this yeah. for, you know, it's, I don't, I don't know that there are any. So, because they're all young, you know, these yeah. are like, most of these dudes are under 40 under 30 in their mid twenties, like they're as healthy as can be. So, and because they have the money, if they did get into a situation that was bad because of it, they have a pathway to paint. You know, it's like uh, when, how South Park said that magic Johnson cured his AIDS with yeah. money. Hey man. So. Hey, believe me, man. Like, <laughs> yo, like to be, to be funny as well as be a, a bit of a dick, man. Like, man, like, you know you got money when you can go and buy a kid of a different color, right? Like that's a, you know, like I'm I'm a, I'm gonna go get it. I'm gonna go buy a different kid, right? I got this, man. This is how much money I got. I got a designer kid out here, bro. Like there's people, there's a whole uh, health system called BioLife, bro. Like somebody for the right amount of money, you can go and buy a bunch of different fucking blood. If you wanted it, right? If you were, if you're gonna be sick or whatever, you can go and do it, bro. There's there's a whole black market for kidneys out there, bro. Like you see people that are missing organs all the time. Uh, I feel like if somebody really, really wants to do something, they're gonna do it. And if he really wanted the party, he's got enough money he can do it, bro. Yeah. Um. All right, we've talked some politics, and it's getting close to an hour, and I don't want to hold you up because you got new daddy duties that, or daddy duties you got to take care of. Um, do you want to move into some religion and spirituality? Hey, man, do you, fam? I'm, All I'm, right. I'm here for the ride. All right, here's the, the big opening question, and then we'll just see where it goes. Uh, Foster, what's your spiritual journey been like through your life? Did you grow up with certain beliefs, and have they changed over time? Oh, uh, yeah, I definitely grew up in the church, man. Uh, that was... Uh, it was something that I had to, that I had to do. And, uh, we grew up in the, the Baptist church and, but over time, man, like I, I did have a pastor. His name was uh, Reverend Daniel Dixon. He was from, uh, Tuscaloosa, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And like a cool dude, man, you know, like played sports with me, always talked to me, always had a wonderful conversation with me. But on his deathbed, when he was dying of cancer, this man said to me, uh, the church is no longer an organism. It's become an organization. And I felt like that was the, the catapult that I needed to live my life for me. Uh, do I think that there is a higher power? Most certainly, bro. Like, why not? I think it's, I think it's cool to think that there's uh, something that dictates you or makes you not take a certain path in life, man. Like you, we've all been there. Some people call it intuition or whatever, uh, that makes you back away. You've had near death experiences, right? 
Me? Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just. Saying. I don't know if I don't know if I've had near death experiences. Have you? Oh man, I almost drowned before, man. Like I have, like stepped away from, like, uh, almost getting hit by a car, and like. I'm knocking on wood over here. I'm I'm not trying to tempt yeah. nothing. Uh, but you know, like, um, I definitely, I I believe in I believe in life on other planets. Uh. Do you remember there was a movie with Jodie Foster? It was, I think it's called Contact, and uh, she was having a conversation with her dad. She asked him, "Do you believe there's life on other planets?" He said, "Of course, because if not, then everything above us is just a waste of space." Mind blown. I thought that was like one of the greatest lines I ever heard. Like, why not want to believe in in something greater than yourself that could potentially be better? than what you are right like i always want to see the best out of people and like i always have this hope and this faith and like of you know there's something that can drive you to do better like to be the change that you want to see in the world to be like you know something that went, where you want to like see your kids grow old man like that 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 for me man like yeah i believe in shit like that man like but uh but like you know like the way that the, the church is gone and like to not admit like foul ass shit like with the with the Catholic Church and like with black churches, man, like Joe Olstein and uh Creflo Dollar like having like this these jets and shit, man, to like man, some shit I don't get, man. Like we could all be good doing this shit as a community, doing like the mushrooms be doing, man. Like when one mushroom is sick, they, they send out a signal to to heal the whole thing and how to prevent it, man. We could all be doing that. But nah man, you wanna you want to be sitting up there making twenty twenty eight billion dollars in twenty four days, man. Saying fuck everybody else, man. Like shit's wild to me, man. It is to me too because it's like I I just maybe it's growing up paycheck to paycheck and sustaining that lifestyle throughout most of my adult life too. Um, you know, as as uh, a uh, a uh, debt, I guess a, a debt servitude to the to the college you know my college uh loans and all that kind of stuff but like i just like if you're not if you're not focused on like the present and being as good as possible in the present like or even just looking forward and saying like i can't take it with me that whole thing yeah like share it yeah and and why like i i if i had that much money just sitting there the the amount of good things that i would do or the amount of like i you know everywhere i went everybody would be good you know what i mean oh my god even if it was for a day bro yeah exactly that, like that day would be memorable forever yeah and the you know like the stories would spread and I, not not out of any like wanting it to mm -hmm. but it would just be like the the things if i just had that walking cash like that dude everybody's eating good man. for as long as I'm around. So, Bro. because it ain't about me, man. They ever, man, ever. Bro. I mean, like, bro. And, and, and man, to think about that, man, like even like when there's something bad, you know what I'm saying? You always tell your friends, bro. Like if there's something good, the shit that I would tell my friends, bro, I would be all about it. Cause like, you know, I think it is human nature to always want to share for the most part. There are some selfish uh, beings on the planet, man. But I mean, like, for the most part, man, I want everybody around me to prosper and be doing good and feel great and feel amazing. 
I dude, I, I really like your, I, I really like your, uh, the, you've mentioned it a couple times, the idea that when you share your perspective, you're going to find like other people kind of opening their eyes and being like, oh, I'm not the only one. And I've always loved that about being honest and forthcoming about the crappy things in my life. Like when I got STDs in college, I wrote like a journal post about that because I was like, yo, check this out. This is what happens when you go to the doctor, when you got burning pee, you know, like stuff like that. And, and it takes from my perspective, I'm like, I went through the uncertainty so that my friends don't have to, or so that if, if they've ever felt like, like, like say one of my friends had gotten, you know, uh, uh, you know, burning pee before, I wanted them to know, like, you're not the only one, bro. Yeah. <laughs> we all made yeah. a bad decision. Yeah, man. You, you're, we all made a bad decision. Also, you know, you have to switch out how they talk to people, man. Because, like, bro, like, you, you type, they say it's a sexually transmitted disease. Is it an infection or is it a disease, right? You have to, you have to like, be careful on how they, like, how they word shit, too, man. Because, like, you know, man, like, you fuck around and think you're about to die. And all you got to do, man, is, like, take some powder for seven days. Yeah, you know or like, or drink this one little thing that they give you at Planned Parenthood or wherever yeah. you want to go get yeah. yourself taken care of because you didn't have no you know insurance. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Or or I didn't want to go to my actual doctor about this. Man, he <laughs> I was too embarrassed. Hey, motherfucker knows my mom. Bro. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like I know I know that they're supposed to not say something, but he's gonna tell her. <laughs> bro, they they go to church together, man. He yeah, exactly. Say it's he, a, snitched, he snitched on me when I broke my toe, man. Like, yeah, it's weird, <laughs> man. You gotta watch out for people, man. Um, you mentioned earlier that uh, you grew up going to a Baptist church, and uh, I grew up going to a Catholic church in town. Uh, but um, when I moved down to Kansas City, Missouri, I hung out with a lot of dudes who were like full on Baptists, and I went to one of their weddings several years later, and thinking that it was going to be like an old school Catholic wedding where lots of drinking, lots of dancing, pretty ladies, and none of that happened. Yeah. Like, so is that straight up with Baptists? You're like not allowed to dance? No, man. No, no, man. Like, I, I think uh, everybody grows up in, you know, like uh, it's kind of like how the the dialects change, right? Like, you know, like the further south you go, the the heart of the twangs are with the with the words. I feel like that's the same thing for like churches, right? Uh, there there are certain and then like you know experience as many as you can to like find your way of life. Uh, there like my church, man. Like you know you're not gonna be out there drinking and stuff. Some people would, but I mean like you got to be discreet about it. Uh, <laughs> but I mean like dancing, man. Hell yeah, we gonna dance, man. Yeah, but I'm right? not gonna I'm not gonna dance to to gospel music. That shit don't make me want to dance. Yeah. Well, I'm sure I'm sure that it was more of a Bible Belt type thing being down there mm-hmm. in Missouri. But it was a culture shock for me because I was I was like, I drove eight hours to get here to dance. Yeah. And I can't dance. <laughs> yeah. Bro, I mean like, bro, let's 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 look at look at where we grew up, right? In Muskegon. Uh yeah. Muskegon was very separated, right? You know, like once you cross the railroad tracks or once you cross a certain part of uh Laketon, you know, it became mm-hmm. either 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 whiter or uh you, like I didn't see a lot of people like myself in certain areas, man. And I and I did put myself in those situations. But then, you know, when I played the sports, man, I like I was I was fortunate to be a jock as well as uh on the National Honor Society, you know. And 
I got to see the best of both worlds. Like you said, man, like me and me and Shannon, bro, like that was my partier, man. It was me, him, Rob, Bernie, but we had a motley ass crew. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it was smart yeah. kids, it was jocks, it was partiers and all that, man. And like, uh, but I mean, like, what about when the first time you were in a situation where you hung out and you were the only white kid? Because you can talk about that. A lot of people oh, can't. dude, I, there was a I mean, there was a time where my cousin and I were taking a bus back from Kansas City, Missouri, and we got dropped off at a Greyhound station on the south side of Chicago in a neighborhood where it's like, yeah, we didn't feel comfortable to the point that we went and hid in a laundromat until somebody came and picked us up. And, you know, like today I probably would act differently, but that's also just like, like we're walking around with a suitcase full of stuff and like, dude, if you're, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, that's, I definitely felt, I don't know this neighborhood. We just walked into a random place that looked like they were taking bets and there's like one dude sitting at a table and then we walk out and as we're walking down the street, some guys in a group start screaming at us or, you know, yelling, Hey, what you doing? <laughs> and it's like, you just, you're like, uh, I'm walking away. Uh, trying not to act like I'm afraid that my bags are going to get stolen because I don't know nobody. You remember that scene in uh men in black when, uh, Will Smith shot the little girl with the, with the, the astrophysics books. I don't remember right. that though. So there's there's a scene where like he's about to take this test, right? I, I refer everything to movies, right? Because like I got it, right? If you if you tell me something, I can do. Oh man, this happened in a movie, right? So there's a scene in Men in Black, man, where uh, Will Smith shoots the little girl that was carrying like astrophysicist books, and then his terminology behind it was like, "Yo, this dude's working out. The other person has a cold." Uh, it's like it's like midnight out in the Bronx, and this little white girl with Astro <laughs> is walking through here. Hell yeah, Shatter, man. She's out of place. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was when he was training. And yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, you're doing like the shoot the right person, don't shoot the, uh, the, yeah. the innocent bystanders thing. And it's like, I'm going to kill the little girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. No, man. She's the alien. <laughs> She's out of place, bro. Like, yeah, man. Like, yeah. I get but, it, man. But I mean, uh, then again, like the South Side of Chicago is kind of known for being more rough but then again is that just a perception thing because i don't have experience there and i hate trying to accept other people's perspectives like i would rather get in the muck and go see for myself but i also don't want to be an idiot walking into an area where like hey this guy's an outsider he doesn't belong here either like you know he he obviously doesn't look like he belongs here like that's just a that's it's it's frustrating like I wish I could articulate exactly how that situation makes me feel because like, I don't ever want to be afraid of anything. I don't want to be like, it's you know, okay to just, be guarded, bro. It's okay to be guarded. Right. You ain't got to be afraid. You can be guarded and then be like, yo man, I'm not, I'm not here for no fucking okie doke. But uh, a lot of times, man, and like, please don't take this uh, the, the wrong way, man. Like some people go in there with this white savior complex, man. And like, as opposed to doing that, like, why don't you understand, like, some of the, the conditions that are uh, instilled? And you said this earlier, like, these are these are conditions that are in uh, that are in play to keep situations a certain way, man. Like, like, I think that fear is one of them. I feel like people not being able to get out of their own neighborhoods. I feel that, like, you have to learn to love your neighborhood and then you also have to be able to branch out. 
Uh, and a lot of times people don't get to do that, man. Uh, well, and like when you don't know somebody, it's, you can look at them as an enemy mm-hmm. and like, and when you, you can definitely be manipulated into thinking that, you know, just because people are different, they're, you know, they're, they're scary and yeah. stuff like that. Whereas like my perspective on a lot of stuff is, is that I, dude, I like to introduce myself to pretty much everybody I meet in my day because I know as soon as we find that common ground, mm-hmm. we're going to be fine, you know? So, yeah, I, I hate that there's division and fear and even the fact that people feel like they need to guard each other, guard themselves from it. But that's also just a reality of life. Like yeah. you need to be discerning and protecting of yourself because there are going to be some people who will take advantage of you. Bro, you know, there's it's balance. Like, you got to find balance in the force, right. bro. There's when yin I was and yang. 15 years old, uh, our high school drops. I go, you know, Mr. Nolan's uh, government class. We go to downtown Chicago and it's, a bunch of kids that just get let let loose on the streets of Chicago. And we all come back to the bus later. Cause they're just like, yeah, meet us back at this street and this street at five o'clock. Luckily none of the kids got like lost or left in Chicago, but Chicago's four hours away from where we grew up. So, I mean, it's not, it's kind of hilarious that the responsible teachers <laughs> at our high school were just like, Hey, you 10th graders go wander in Chicago and come back at 5 PM. And then we'll drive back to Michigan because most like half the bus came back to came back at that time. And we're all complaining like, yo, somebody came up and started squirting something on my shoes and was like, you want your shoes cleaned? And then we all got like extorted for, I think I got eight bucks. I gave away to somebody because I was just like, sure. Thanks for shining my tennis shoes. Yeah. You know? And you know, Uh Kevin Huss got, got hustled for uh 32 bucks, uh, stuff like that, where you're just like, wow, man, I was like, I wasn't giving them that much, but they also saw you coming though. You know, like I, man, I remember, uh, and my father, man, like he was, uh, he was hilarious, bro. But like my father grew up in Tennessee and Detroit and Chicago. He, he went into the Navy when he was 17. So my dad's, uh, my dad's perspective on life was different than a lot of people, man. And like, you know, one of the things I always remember my dad doing, like he would he would buy somebody food, but he like he wouldn't give him money, right? Like mm-hmm. they'd be like, Yo man, you got any spare change? And my dad'd be like, Yeah, for my spare pocket. And he would switch the pockets, switch take the money and switch it from one pocket to the other. And like, you know, it's funny and like it may seem heartless at sometimes, but I mean like I get it. And then like I had a grandfather. My grandfather was uh, you know, a chef, man. He used to work for the Fords. You know, Henry and Etzel, man. He got fired because he called Etzel a bitch, you know. But, like, uh, but this man, though, made, like, this this great, he's been known for, like, his food. And, like, there's been multiple times where he would just open up his home. He'd be like, yo, he's like, I'm not going to give you no money, man, but I'll let you take a shower and I'll make you whatever you want, man. I can, I can yep. cook it all. And, you know, certain people took it up, took him up on that. Other people wouldn't. Well, and, like, you got to, I think there's a that's a mark of growing up too, like, uh, drawing, drawing lines where you think they need to be, but not necessarily judging people and stuff like that. Like, like I hated it. There's, there's this instance with, uh, Stude Vince at the coffee shop in Madison that I would go to every single morning. And 
Vince and I were tight. We'd hug each other like mm-hmm. every single, like pretty much every day, or at least, you know, give each other fist bumps and stuff like that. And ask, you know, just be like, Hey, have a good day, which is like, I think it's important to tell people to have a good day because you're like giving them permission to stop feeling like crap or yeah. whatever. And like that stuff matters, man, in my opinion. Um, and, uh, but anyways, there, there was a moment where I gave Vince some money and, and like, cause I was like, he was he was asking and i gave some to him but then like he kept asking and i like i had to let him know i'm like dude i'm like i'm paycheck to paycheck person like when i helped you out that time like that's because i could and i can't you know like i can't all the time and like and once we drew that like once there was that understanding between us two like everything was good you know but like i did i got pissed off at him for like a day and then i was like you know what whatever we you know that was a learning moment for me too you know yeah people will take advantage of what they can right exactly but also from his perspective like if he doesn't ask then he's not going to get the help close mouth don't get fed yeah it comes around around full circle man they got to find that balance to the force man yeah and just yeah there yeah there are no uh absolutes only the sith deal in absolutes um but you know like uh one of the things that i've learned in in my life man is that bad shit is going to happen and what what sets you apart is how you respond to it. That leads us to my last couple questions. Right. Um, Mr. Foster, yeah. what makes you happy or how do you maintain or find happiness? Man, uh, the things that I that I've learned um, in my life, man, uh, I love my family and my friends, man. And seeing them happy or knowing that they have somebody that they can lean on. Uh, yeah, it makes me want to cry right now. I mean, like knowing that uh, that is something that I can do, no matter how small it is. If I can put a smile and change change their their attitude for the day, uh, or something that I can help them complete and get done, bro, that is that that shit motivates me, man. And and movies, man, I love movies, bro. Like everything about it, man. I'm trying to I'm trying to do more of that, man. Uh, but yeah, man, like family and friends, bro. And like you just reaching out and be like, yo, man, can I can I do this? Hell fucking yeah, bro. It's within my means. Fucking yeah. Let's do that shit, man. I love that, man. That's what uh, makes me happy. That's, you know, when I was uh, going away to college and then one of my actually spending time with like family, especially after, you know, you get like nephews or nieces into the whole mix and stuff like that. Like it was amazing to me how much that re-energized me spending a weekend with my family after being away from them for so long and like ever since then i you know if there's if there's a family gathering and you know i may not i may not be i may be out of pocket or whatever and a family member is going to offer to help me get to where we need to be for family stuff i'm like i'm going to take advantage of their uh helpfulness and charity towards me because i just realized like dude i need that like and so yeah, family stuff, man. I just obviously to anybody who has rough family situations, those that may not be as much of a uh, a uh, you know a, a filling experience. It might be more contentious, and I I'm I feel I'm that sucks because because there is so much. Maybe it's just finding your other family or finding it. Maybe it's just about being around positivity and love and stuff like that. Because when you do have you know, I grew up in a small house where my brothers, my three brothers and I shared a one bedroom together, two different bunk beds. 
I like a crowded house because yeah. of that. You know, mm -hmm. I like all the energy around me. I like the noise. I can sleep on the couch in the middle of chaos because like, I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love my family being around, bro. Mm -hmm. So um, we just had, so my, like I said, my, my grandfather just passed, man. Um, and it was the first time since my grandmother passed in 2013 that I got to see almost all of my cousins, right? There's, there's 15 first cousins. I got to see 14. And, like, we even tried to call her, but, like, you know, she she's doing she, – she hasn't come to the realization that she needs her family just yet, right? She, mm -hmm. she can do everything on her own. Everybody comes to that realization, like – that you'll you'll need other people you can't do it by yourself and the people that do do it by themselves they still end up lonely and that shit is uh that's a hard life and burden to bear uh but um you know like being able to be surrounded by my family and like people didn't realize how much we needed each other man like the amount of love and laughter that happened in the room and the, and the stories man it is a it's a necessity in life man even if it's just from friends, man, it's a necessity in life yep. that will make yeah. you a better fucking human. And I'm well, always bet on my friends and family. Well, and I mean, that's, you know, there's being moving back home and whatnot. Like there's not, you know, there's not that many people that we grew up with that are like still living in town or are, you know, or are available because mm -hmm. I'm a single dude and they've got family stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, so there's times where I'll just go down to the local pub and sit on sit on the, the stools and it's the same stools i know from 10 years ago but like i don't know anybody in there it's all mm -hmm. a different crowd um but just being around the energy sometimes it's like i just got to get out of the house to go yeah be around energy mm -hmm. um and you're uh, walking distance from those from those establishments which that cool. definitely helps uh, <laughs> with getting home if nothing else uh all right greg two more questions for you i'm sorry foster <laughs> What are your hopes for the world or the future? Man, uh, I, I want us to constantly improve, man, as as uh, I would say as Earth, but I think as a fucking solar system, man, I want us to improve. And like, because obviously we've been doing it wrong, man. Like, because like I've, I've I, there's been times, man, where I thought that maybe I was doing it wrong. Right. Like trying to be a positive person. Like I'm like, maybe I should just be out here trying to hustle every fucking person and trying to just just put me forward man but that shit ain't no fun man it's lonely at the top bro uh, dude that's that's i i have the same questions often where it's like should i just go do a job i hate mm -hmm. and make money and get fat stacks and you know have a more fake lifestyle essentially from my perspective yeah. but it's tough, you know, like there's, there's, I say that, but in the same respect, like if maybe I'm being irrational in my confliction with the certain, with the systems we have, maybe I should find my balance in the systems we have to still be more successful, but it's tough, man. Cause I don't, I don't want to go out there spitting a bunch of BS that I don't believe in yeah. to, to make money, yeah. you know? Which, which is beautiful about being somebody who works in the fantasy basketball industry because I've got a great job with a great company and working with great people who are really good at what they do. So, like, when we have conversations and whatnot and we're challenging each other on our perspectives, for one thing, it's, it's fantasy basketball. Like, mm -hmm. it, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. you're, um, but 
we all do are passionate about it and we all do care about not being disingenuous with our opinions and things like that because we love the game we want to help and like and it's i would rather somebody like like i want to know if i'm doing something right because i don't want to lead somebody the wrong in the wrong direction either you know yeah um hey, you ever you ever had a job in sales i uh I worked at a call center for like a day and I, I made like two calls and I was like, I got to go. Yeah. Yeah. Man, like uh, I worked in a plastics factory for three days, bro. And it was so goddamn hot. And, I, and I'm a pretty motherfucker, bro. I burned myself with this hot ass plastic, bro. And it was like 300 degrees in this fucking factory, man. And I hate being that hot. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I just knew that that wasn't my lifestyle, bro. Nothing about this job was going to make me have a smile. Right. And like I was I was uh so to go back to what I'm saying, like I had a job in sales and the only time that I ever felt bad about a sale was when somebody made me sell them or I had a boss that had me sell this person products that they didn't need. And this person called me every day and then they had like a like a uh, I don't want to say a mental defect, right? but like something wasn't clicking right to where they uh they they called me and we would talk and it, I'd get him all squared away for 20 minutes. And then they called me after they hung up and I was like, yo, I need to talk to you. And I'm like, what's up? And then it'd be the same exact thing, bro. That shit damn near made me like mm. want to like fuck up this establishment that I was working at because they made, they pushed me to do something that I didn't want to do for them. Right. And I did it. And then it made me feel horrible about it, bro. So yeah, I couldn't do it. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm yeah. If if I feel like I'm being disingenuous, and that's why the sales thing. That's like when when I worked at Best Buy for a long time in college, and they were I would work in the media section. I was just trying to help people find what they needed to find, and like yeah. they and I was trying to, I was trying to avoid as much as possible the whole sales thing aspect of it. And they were like, you know, they they used to try to tell you like, you know, you got to meet these these different benchmarks for this 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 and this. And I'd be like, okay. <laughs> yeah. and then All not right. worry about it you know like you're gonna tell me the same thing in three weeks and i know what makes me complete and balanced as a person so i'm good <laughs> yeah man there's a whole bunch of there's a whole bunch of metrics over here man and my i need myself first though them yeah like, it'll be a better it'll be a better environment for all of us bro well i just like i don't know selling people stuff that they don't need you're right it's you you end up coming away like you're taking advantage of people sometimes. Um, all right, final question, man. Do you have any other questions for me, Mr. Uh, Foster? Man, uh, so I remember a long time ago you didn't drink, man. Are you are you drinking now? Good memory. Um, yeah. yeah, I didn't drink throughout high school, uh, but when I got to Grand Valley State University, uh, <laughs> I went I went with uh, Evan and and whatnot to uh, Western to Kalamazoo one night. And we're all out and they didn't know. And I just finally decided like, I'm going to drink. Mm. So I grabbed that captain and I just started doing shots with those guys. I think I was there for that. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and I remember stepping into, like I was walking from the kitchen into a, a, in a into a hallway and I turned my head and I remember like my first drunken moment mm. because the I turned my head and five seconds later, the room came with me. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, dude, I, I don't really drink much anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, I uh, I like my CBD that relaxes me and keeps me balanced. I gotcha. Um, but uh, 
but yeah, no, I actually, I, I ended up becoming allergic to beer where like my throat closes up uh-huh. oh, and uh, so I can't drink beer and I can't drink cider because there's something in there for the okay. fermentation pro- or for the process. I can't drink wine. So the only thing I can really drink is liquor. Yeah. And like <laughs> I went out two nights ago and had three drinks and I had a headache all day yesterday, yeah. which was just like, man, I'm good. Yeah, man. Hey, it's, it's something totally different, man. Like, uh, and how people, um, react to things. Right. So like, uh, at the beginning of COVID, like, I'm like, yo, man, I got some time, bro. Like I'm getting these free checks. I'm out here sipping. And then my girlfriend <laughs> got pregnant. So then I lost my drinking buddy. And then like, now I'm just like, man, what two drinks and I'm over here faded. Like, no, man, <laughs> can't do it. Can't do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I've gotten, I've, I've drank a little bit more in the last month and a half since I moved back to Michigan because I'm trying to go out and meet people and whatnot. And like, I've just, I've already had a couple of old man the next, there was, I had two days where I was wrecked a couple weeks ago when it's just like, I can't do that, man. I got, I got stuff I want to do. And plus I just want peace of mind and having a headache all day ain't, ain't where it's at. Or, or regrets. Yeah, that too. I mean, especially <laughs> growing up Catholic, that Catholic reget, Catholic guilt. Every <laughs> single, every. I don't know about you, but when I drink, I wake up the next day and I'm like, I know I said something I shouldn't have. <laughs> God, hey, uh, quote another movie. Uh, uh, what was it? It's the one Beer Fest. Quote Beer Fest, man. When he woke up in the forest and he had the blood all over him, he's like, Oh man, not again. Like, <laughs> hey, I don't need that in my life, man. Not at I, all. Yeah, that's that's the young man's game. That's when you can, uh, yeah, take a tumble and not break your hip. Um, but uh, hey, that's that's all I got for you, dude. Anything else uh, on your plate? Hey, man, I I just appreciate spending this time with you, man. It's been a it's been a blessing, man. Definitely brought me some smiles, man. I'm I'm glad to see you doing good. The beard looks gnarly, man. The ponytail Thanks, looks man. amazing. Hey. <laughs> Love you, you're, you're looking beautiful. Uh, you haven't aged a day in hey, the yeah, 10 years that it's been since we've seen each other. <laughs> I will have to come out to GR soon. I'm just broke for the moment. So uh, I totally understand. Put it, put it all on you like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, right. a, I'm, a, I'm a future stay-at-home dad, man. It's like So my whole industry, because of COVID, got upended. You know, it's like yeah. I was doing like parties. I was a, like an event host, parties, bartender, all that. And now I have a a, a, a I had a premature baby without an immune system. So like, I can't even do all the other stuff that used to make me, me. So like, I'm finding new ways to, to, to be, to be foster again. Greg Foster autopilot. Yeah. But she's doing great now, right? She's man. She, she makes me smile, brother. Good dude. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, all right. I'm going to read through the end of show stuff. If you want to dip out, you're more than welcome to. Um, but, uh, Thanks again so much, Foster. I really appreciate it. You can find Foster on Instagram at uh, and Twitter at I am Autopilot. Um, anything else you want to kind of give a shout out to in regards oh, to yourself, oh, man? Oh, definitely, man. Please check out the diatribe.org. That's O-R-G. Diatribe is D-I-A-T-R-I-B-E. Uh, we are always looking for uh, donations to get us programming to teach the youth creative writing and poetry and empower them to use their voice. We also are starting to dive into some small time consulting to help people like uh, find the audience that they are trying to reach as well as to not come off 
uh, wrong or inappropriate. Uh, sometimes you, you need that focus group, and we would love to help you as well. Uh, man, uh, shout out to all the McEwens, man. I, got, I know a lot of them. Shout outs to uh, my girlfriend, Amy Merlington, her daughter, Stella. Uh, shout out to all my friends and family, man. Love you. Good vibes all around. Yeah. Support the diatribe, diatribe.org. Diatribe.org. Yep, yep. The, the diatribe.org. The diatribe.org. Yep. Check, check us out on uh, Facebook as well. Just look up the diatribe. You'll and probably see a picture of myself. You know that Greg's coming from a an honest place of really good talent himself. So, And you can hear it in the words that he sings on the songs that uh, – I've used to help lead into the podcast and to, to exit it. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much, Greg. And, uh, I guess I'll, I, I will, I'll be hollering at you soon because I'm going to want to come out and visit and please do meet, meet Amy and, and, uh, and, uh, Josie. So we'll, we'll always have you fam. All right, man. Will you have a great day? All right, man. Take Peace. care. Bye. All right. Thank you for listening to the free range basketball podcast i almost said the uh, one of my old podcast names uh i am kyle McEwen. you can find me on twitter at roto kyle nba and i was joined today by mr foster i am autopilot on instagram and twitter this was the free range basketball podcast where i bring on guests and we find common ground in our love of basketball politics and religion if you like what you've heard you please consider subscribing, rating, reviewing, and sharing the podcast wherever you listen to or watch it. And if you'd like to be an official producer of the show, you can send in support through PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App at Kyle McEwen 16 You can also subscribe on Patreon at Free Range Basketball. For anyone that rates, reviews, or contributes as a producer of the show, I'll give you a shout-out here, and I'll teach you how to grow your beard out. All right. Have a great day. I love you. Thanks for the last, Greg. Peace, man. See you. Keep tugging at our heels, watch us high step and be a highlight reel of how high we get. We ghost riders off the ramp, how we live defies death. Put our conscience in the genre box, stamp a certified fresh. Bad boys beyond G depths, you couldn't fathom what we plan to do next. Turn the music on his head, power bomb a suplex. Minds like duplex, that's a damn good dope duel. Don't forget the double check. Couple outcasts that'll hit you like a Smith and West. Turn up the speakers in the headsets, protect your necks. Yoga flame on this track, like rappers better stretch or get burned. Put your ashes in the urn, try to claim a weave. Earn. You gon' learn today, kid we don't play You'll get wrecked if you beat all day Peep the speech, we beat G-R-A-Y theory, make a way you get steamrolled paved in the streets, go auto Give us and take us, man, move us and shake us, we know Give us and take us, man, move us and shake us, we know Give us and take us, man, move us and shake us, we know Take them haters like elevators and ride them to the top Take them haters like elevators and ride them to the top Take them haters like elevators and ride them to the top I know small ones and new ones, fun ones and cold ones Bug ones and bold ones, thug ones can sold some It's really about the ones that stood the ground and held out Shelled a couple bucks and some just to be out Found many can't be trusted, but hate is uncontrollable Cause sometimes the right thing ain't the right thing to do And some rhymes with a punchline strike like Sun Tzu Primetime Royal Rumble, Rain of Fire, one crew Great! We keeping it jazzy Beat so hard I bet it's twisting your chassis Pass me the rello as I bring you up a level Find your soul inside the treble Base opinions on your own devils Wrestle with your ego just to make you feel special Revel in the dopeness That's it Revel in it Give us and take us man Move us and shake us We know 
givers and takers, man, movers and shakers, we know. Givers and takers, man, movers and shakers, we know. Givers and takers, man, movers and shakers, we know. Take them haters like elevators and ride them to the top. Take them haters like elevators and ride them to the top. Take them haters like elevators and ride them to the top.